Hey, welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. I'm your host, Sarah Buino. I wanted to stop by and do a little mini episode today and talk about meditation. I just finished an interview with one of my guests where she talked about meditation changing her life and how people seem to think of meditation as one thing that it might not be. And so I just wanted to talk about my own journey with meditation and the things that I've been taught along the way about what it is and what it isn't. And just a little disclaimer here, I am not a meditation teacher and I don't claim to be one, but I think part of the purpose of this podcast is to share information so that other people can find tools that are helpful for them. And all I can do with you is what I do in the room with my clients is is share some of the things that I've been taught from teachers and healers along the way. So that's what I'm here to do today. So my own journey with meditation started, gosh, it was probably 2012. And I had been told, actually, when I was an intern, that's probably the first time that I was really introduced to meditation and mindfulness. I had a supervisor when I was interning for my second level placement during school, and he had told me that meditation had changed his life, and for him, it it helped with a lot of anger. And he said that one of the first times that he sat down to meditate, this was back in the olden days when there were tape recorders. Kids, I don't know if you know what those are, but they're things that played music and things like meditations once upon a time. And he said that he sat down and he threw the tape recorder across the room because he just felt like he couldn't meditate. And at that time, I felt the same way. And I was like, I can't do this. It's just not for me. I'm too high strung or anxious or, you know, wired the wrong way. It just doesn't work for me. And I basically resisted it for, you know, a couple years. Once I started working at a treatment center and I was being asked to lead meditations for people, I thought, well, shit, I better start doing this because I'm not going to be able to teach it very well if I'm not doing it myself. So that's when I started kind of just doing it on my own and, you know, to varying degrees of success. You know, there are so many, so many things that we think meditation is supposed to be. And at that time, I was still convinced that it was something that I I had to sit down and clear my mind and not think of anything, which is not true. And over time, I just felt, I, I don't know the way to say it, just called more and more to be more serious about my practice. I was reading more about Buddhism and Buddhist philosophy and, you know, hearing that meditation was really the way to tap into spirituality. So I just kind of kept doing it. And then at one point said to my husband, you know, let's really get serious about this. And we sought out transcendental meditation. I'd had a friend who was practicing transcendental meditation and spoke very highly of it. And so we did that training and in that training, basically, it was, it's very scientific. I did not find it to be very spiritual. But the training was really important for me to recognize that when I'm thinking during meditation, that is a natural part of the mind. The mind will wander. There's nothing, in, you know, the more we try to force the mind not to wander, the less we're able to meditate. So in transcendental meditation, they give you a mantra that's very specific just to you and you're not supposed to tell anybody. I still haven't told my husband and I gotta tell you, I am not a very good secret keeper, but I have not told my husband my mantra. It's honestly probably because he won't tell me his and so I'm just keeping mine (laughs) because he won't reciprocate. And they were talking about as you're thinking, 
basically that's the mind's way of releasing stress. And the more that you think during meditation, the more stress you actually need to relieve, which means the more you need to meditate. And so from that day on, which I can tell you based on my meditation app was 709 days ago, I have successfully meditated 709 days in a row and I am changed because of it. It was interesting, you know, my first I guess barrier to practicing meditation was time. And I was like, oh, I don't have time for that shit. I sit down and do nothing. Like that's not productive. And after I did the transcendental meditation technique, 20 minutes twice a day is what they call for. So like not just sitting down for 10 minutes, which is what I was doing before, but 20 minutes twice a day. After I started doing that immediately, and I'm talking like within a day, I felt like I had more time, which to me tells me that it was anxiety relief, instant anxiety relief. I felt like I had more space and more time. And, and that was actually a result of, of taking 40 minutes out of my day to just sit and not think as much as I possibly could. So it was so freeing for me. And since then, I've done, you know, different meditation retreats and learned, you know, Turgar meditation is also something you'll hear me talk about. There's a, a community in Chicago that I had spent some time with and Mingar Rinpoche is the teacher of that. And he talks about meditation as short times, many times. And basically it's it's mindfulness, right? It's, it's how can I continue to be mindful in the present moment without judgment as much as possible. And he is the cutest little man that you've ever seen in your life. My husband and I, joke because in doing a meditation retreat, we're watching videos of him and he has a very thick accent, you know, as you might expect. And, and he says, raccoonize, you know, for recognize. And I didn't even think of it, but my husband said raccoon eyes. And so <laughs> he'll often just say, well, raccoon eyes when we're talking about meditation. So the other thing that Mingarep Mache talks about that was impactful for me is, you know, in meditation in general, they talk about monkey mind and the fact that, you know, the mind is always busy. And Mingarep Mache talks about giving the mind a job. If you give the mind a job, like to focus on a mantra or to focus on the breath or you know, something else to rest your awareness on, it becomes easier to then train your mind to continue to go back to that spot instead of, you know, going down the catastrophizing or anxiety or worry instead of going down those routes. So that's been really, really helpful for me. So I guess what I want to leave you with today is if you are a person who says, I can't meditate, that's not for me, I'm just going to take a guess that you probably actually need it more than the rest of us. And the more anxious we are, the more stressed we are, the more that we need this. And when you sit down to try to meditate, you know, figure out what works for you, like slide your way in as easy as possible. You know, some people like to start with guided meditation because they would rather have something outside of them telling them what to do, which is fine. My favorite app, and I'm not getting any sort of kickbacks for this, it's literally just my favorite app, Insight Timer. There's a free one and there's a paid one. Psst, the free one's better, so get that one. And there are thousands of guided meditations on there, as well as just a timer where you can time yourself. 
I don't even know how many apps. I didn't look up how many apps there are, but you can always start with an app to help guide you. I mean, traditional meditation has you start focusing on your breath. That was really tough for me. I have a weird thing with my breath that I am still, you know, trying to figure out what that's all about. So focusing on the breathing was rather anxiety producing for me. So I started with guided meditations and then switched over to the mantra. And then concentration meditation is is a whole other thing. And in concentration meditation, you're supposed to be, I guess it's it's also kind of like a mantra in the way that you're you're following instructions. And it can be a forgiveness meditation or loving kindness meditation or Tong Len, which is taking in the suffering of other people. And they're kind of scripts that one might follow in their head uh, while they're going through the meditation. Prayer is also a form of meditation. If that is something that calls to you. Prayer counts as meditation. So I highly, highly, highly encourage you to challenge yourself to attempt meditation. You know what? Not attempt. Practice. It's a practice. Just like everything else that I'll talk about on this podcast, it's a practice. And it really has changed my life. I do feel like I have more time. I've developed this ability to sit outside of myself and kind of watch what's going on rather than to react in a situation. I have more space in order to make choices that I want to make that are mindful and thoughtful rather than just reacting out of fear or anxiety or whatever it is that I'd been reacting to before. So do yourself a favor, go sit down on a cushion today. Thanks so much for listening to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. Have a great day. So thank you so much for tuning in. Also wanted to thank Andrea Klunder and Edwin Ruiz at the Creative Imposter Studios for editing our podcast. Liam O'Donnell for taking the photo for the album art and Ben Mueller for our theme music. Really appreciate you listening and till next time.